illegal participation on the defense. 15-yard penalty from the previous spot remains first down. This had better be a big play after all of that. Second down at eight, four and a half to go in the half, six nothing Beavers. Jonathan from the right hash from the zone 25, goes back to throw, and throws the out, and it's caught, and it's going to be a big play! Chad Johnson down the left sideline, nobody will catch Chad, and it's a touchdown 75 yards for the Beavers! This is the moment, and right here will tell perhaps all about that. Third and one and a half from the right hash. Simon's in the handoff, can't cut to the left, first down and more, 30, 25, 20, Simonton on his way, 10, into the end zone, touchdown Beavers, and the streak is going to end here tonight. The snap on target to Nick. he gets a much better punt away here, Sammy Strotter back to his 30 yard line, starts up the middle, gets to the 40, he's got a seam, 45 midfield, 45, 40, he's got a chance to go, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. Welcome to Illegal Participation, the official podcast of the Heiner Tailgater. Recording this while firmly ensconced at the Heiner Tailgater headquarters, I'm your host and the big bald guy behind the grill, Bill Heine Heinrich. Joining me as always from Twin Pines Vineyards and Airbnb, the director of thermodynamic lipid immersion, my co-host and brother of the Beach. Beach, how are you doing? Well, I'm doing pretty freaking crappy, Billy. The only positive note that I have is that I'm up to day five on my nacho fry challenge. Oh, nice. So I don't think we've told the people about the nacho fry challenge because it was I've only been on day five. Yeah. So, so Taco Bell added a new option to their app that you could buy for just a limited time. I think it was a few days. That instead of having $10 for one taco a day, it's now 10 for a month. Now it's $10 for a nacho fry for a month. Now, how much do the nacho fries cost? I looked that up just when I went through the drive-thru before I got home here tonight. And at the Taco Bell that I go to, I believe it was $2.59. Oh, wow. That's expensive. So I'm already down to $2 a nacho fry. Oh, nice. So I'm, I'm ahead. You're making money. Yeah. I'm a little worried because of our trip to Vegas this weekend Yes, that we're not going to be able to hit a Taco Bell. So I'm, I'm hoping we can find a Taco Bell on the strip. Yes. On Friday. So yeah. I don't lose the streak. Friday and Saturday. Thursday, I can probably have it for lunch. Yeah. So, yeah. But uh, anyway, yeah. Got to keep the streak alive. Like I, I said on Facebook, you know, some people, uh, they do the, they, they challenge themselves to working out every day, doing eight-minute abs, maybe going for a swim. Me, I do nacho fries. Yep. 30-day challenge. Now, our, our trip to Vegas had nothing to do with the Pac-12 championship game. It just had to do with the fact that we found $43 round-trip air flights. <laughs> Unbelievably cheap air flights. It's going to cost us more in gas to get to the airport than it will be to fly on the plane. Yeah, there and back. From, so. Yeah. Yeah. So. And it, we just said, you know what? We're going to go down 
And if there's a game that we happen to want to go to, because we bought these, I don't know, six, eight weeks ago. I think it was longer than that, wasn't it? Was, it? it was quite a ways ago. That if there's yeah. a game that we happen to go to, so be it. But that's not the thrust of why we're going down. We're just going down to dink around in Vegas. Now, now the the game that is down there, the only thing I'd like to see is both teams to lose, which I know is impossible, but it should be nice. Yeah, we'll get there when we get there. Yeah. We'll talk about yeah. that. Well, the purpose of illegal participation is for us to talk beaver sports, tailgating, anything else we find interesting and funny every week. Although probably not much funny stuff this week. I want to remind everyone you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, most other podcatchers. If you want to get in touch with us, HeinrichTailgator at gmail.com, HeinrichTailgator on X, or HeinrichTailgator on Facebook. I'm going to look to see if we've got any emails, Beach, but I don't think we have any. No, wow. we, we do not. All the crap that happened this weekend and not a single freaking email. Yeah. God dang, that's sad. Yeah, well, I've had a lot of people texting me. I, I was going to say, we did have some text conversations going, but, yeah, I had, you know. I had a lot of texts going on. So let's uh, move right into some Beaver Sports news. We will leave the biggest news for later. But uh, not a lot of sports news going on since it was the Thanksgiving week holiday. But there was um, a soccer played. Without a tie, right? Can't well, tie. can't tie anymore. Yeah, which I don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing. Beach, because they were in the tournament and that they had to play at six-seeded SMU Saturday evening in Dallas. And? Oh, you didn't hear. I didn't hear. Well, Beach, the Oregon State men's soccer team has matched its deepest run ever in the NCAA tournament as the Beavers punched their ticket to the quarterfinals with an emphatic 7-1 win over succeeded SMU Saturday night. Kick those bitches. Now, Oregon State will make its second ever appearance in the final eight of the tournament after doing so in the 2021 season. Now, Beach, Logan Farrington and Dante Williams each scored two goals as part of Oregon State's offensive explosion. Arnell Farnos, Vico Castro, and Ellis Spikner netted one goal apiece. Now, the Beavs have set a program best for the postseason wins in a season with three. Because in 2021, they got to skip the first round game. Okay. So, they only had to win two to get to the uh, quarterfinals. This time, they've won three. And, Beads, that seven-goal outburst marked OSU's highest scoring contest since it netted 11 against Northwest Christian in 2014. Now, the the Mustang struck early as Luis Castillo made a stop in the Beavers' net, but the SMU forward was first to the rebound to put the Mustangs in front in the seventh minute. Hmm. But then Oregon State responded with the equalizing goal in the 32nd minute before Logan Farrington tacked on the go-ahead score just before halftime. Then came the second-half barrage, with Farrington scoring in the 45th and 55th minutes, while Castro connected in the 62nd and Williams in the 67th. Farrington wow, they were just hammering him. Yeah, Farrington scored again in the 76th, and Spikner finished it off in the 80th. Overall, the Beavers outshot the Mustangs 24-13 to in the contest. Now, Beach, the quarterfinals are set after Sunday's game. Oregon State will take on North Carolina in North Carolina at 5 p.m. on Saturday. The winner of that game heads to the College Cup which is basically like the soccer final four. Okay. Yeah. So I, I, the, the game was on ESPN plus, but I don't have ESPN plus. So I was, uh, you know, 
masochistically bumping around on uh, social media all day Saturday because, you know, I like beating myself up and uh, with the news. And mm-hmm. I saw people posting, oh, SMU's up one nothing. I was like, well, that was a, that's a quick score. This isn't going to last long. And then pretty soon I see, oh, it's 1-1. Oh, it's two one right for half. I was like, oh cool. And then the the, the way the this, the goal started coming in the second half and people updating, I would mm-hmm. be like, oh, there's another one. Oh, there's another one. I was like, holy smokes. So yeah, seven to one. So crazy. Good on the soccer players. Yeah, so we got to have some positive news this week. Yep. Something to bring some revenue in. So uh, next up, Beach, we have some Beaver women's basketball news. So, oh, a, a real quick question, Billy. Just uh, are there any Pac-12 teams left in that Elite Eight? I don't know. Here, I'll have to go look really quick. So, Beach, it looks like Stanford moved on, um, beating Marshall, beating okay. number one seeded Marshall. Wow. Yep. Um, How Stan- did we hold up against Stanford? Stanford was seeded 16. I believe we beat them down there. Or maybe okay. tied them. Like I said, the Bees had... <coughs> we had a substantial number of ties. Yeah. Oh, you'll love this, Beach. So, North Carolina won on penalty kicks. Wow. So, it was 2-2 at the end of regulation, and then 5-3 on penalties. Let's see. It looks like Indiana beat Virginia. Um, Notre Dame won. Okay, so that's those games. Let's see what Saturday... So it looks like just Stanford and Oregon State are the only teams left. Hmm. Yeah. I think Stanford and and uh, let's see when the next games are. Friday. Saturday. So yeah, you have yeah. Here's the last teams. So you have Stanford and at Clemson. Mm-hmm. Oregon State at North Carolina, Loyola Marymount at West Virginia, and Indiana at Notre Dame. Wow. So there's okay. three unseeded teams with Oregon State, Loyola Marymount, and Indiana. Really? Yeah, you had Stanford at 16, Clemson at 9, North Carolina at 3, West Virginia at 5, and Notre Dame at 2. Huh. So there you go. This will be interesting. Yeah. All right, Beans, let's talk about a little women's basketball. All righty. Reagan Beers neared her career best with 27 points and tied it with 16 rebounds on Wednesday in an 88-52 win over UMBC in front of 3,414 fans at Gill Coliseum. The effort helped Scott Ruick get his 274th victory at Oregon State, tying him with the legendary Ackie Hill for most by a women's basketball coach at OSU. Now, Beers' performance was one of a few standout nights for the Beavs against the Retrievers. Talia von Olhoffen neared a, dub- a triple-double with 7.7 rebounds and 8 assists and could have reached the milestone had she needed to play the entire fourth quarter. UMBC? Yeah, remember we talked about that? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so Scott uh, picked up the, uh, the tying victory to Aki Hill. Aki Hill was the coach back in the 80s and early part of the 90s. So, so my question on that one was how many years was he coaching before he got that win? And is Scott Ruick ahead of him? Oh, that's a her. The... Aki Hill was a her. Oh, sorry, um, sorry. I'm not sure when. Let me see. You can see my confusion. And plus, who knows who's, what gender anybody is anymore nowadays. 
I mean, sometimes I wonder about your gender. Yeah. Well, because you're such a bitch. A lot of people do. Um, I got to see if I can see. Okay. So she was um, just inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2020. Uh, 274 wins, 17-year career from, I'm not sure when she went, she's 17 years, so Mm -hmm. it looks like winning the women's NIT in 80 and 82, so 17 years, how long has Scott been here? He hasn't been here that long. Like maybe 10? He might be at 15. He's been there that long? Well, I'm trying to think of when he got hired. Um, let's see. Good. It's so weird to have see people you know that have uh, Wikipedia pages about him. Um, 2010, so 13 years. Okay, I can't believe it's been that long. Yeah. That was a dream of his to become the coach at Oregon State too, wasn't it? He Because he was coaching over at Linfield before, wasn't he? He was coaching at George Fox. Oh, George Fox. Okay. Yep. Yep. He was there in, in for 14 years. So, wow. Yep. Anyways, so that's good to see. Um, it looks like the women's next game will be Wednesday versus Weber State. Good old Weber State. Yep. And then they play on Saturday versus Western Kentucky. There you go. And Beads, you do have a little bit of men's basketball news. Tinkle? How's Tinkle's pits? <sighs> Pretty sweaty, Beach. The Oregon State men's basketball team battled for the full 40 minutes, but number 13 Baylor took an 88-72 win in the opening game of the NIT season tip-off at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York. Now, Oregon State outscored Baylor in the second half of the contest, but obviously they were down by a lot in the first half. For the Beavs, mm-hmm. Dexter O'Connell led his scoring with 16 points on 5-for-9 shooting from the floor. Jordan Pope had 13 points, 4 rebounds, and 3 assists. While DeJong Craig won a perfect 4-for-4 four four from the floor and 2-for-2 two two from beyond the arc to finish with 12. Then, Beach on Friday afternoon at the NIT season tip-off, the Oregon State men's basketball team fell to Pitt 76-51. to Dexter Connell led the Bees to 12 points and 5 rebounds, going 8 for 10 from the free throw stripe. Jordan Pope and Tyler Billadou both finished in double figures, ending the game with 11 and 10, respectively. The Bees will return home next week to take on UC Davis Thursday evening at Gill. How long, how much longer do we have Tinkle in his contract? I don't know how much longer Tinkle's contract is. He earned a four-year contract extension in April 2021 after the Elite Eight run. So he's good through 2025? Uh, through 27. 27? Yeah, 26, 27. Oh, four-year extension on top of his current contract. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yep, so uh, the, con- the extension along with the old deal totaled six years. Hmm. Okay. Well, that's disappointing. Uh, 
I agree. Maybe Scott Rua can coach them. Man, sure man, the win, the win, yeah, the women tower over Scott. I'd hate to see the men. <laughs> you know, I always find it amazing how he's such a basketball enthusiast with with his uh, with his short stature. Well, that whole family's so, short. Yeah, yeah. For for those of people who don't know it, uh, Billy went to school with Heidi Rook. Uh, the coach's sister uh, from elementary all the way through Glencoe high school. Yeah. Through, through kindergarten, through graduating. Yeah. And Scott was, he was about four years older than us, but Marv, his dad, their dad was our P was my P teacher at Glencoe. Did he, did you have him for P? No, I didn't. But you know, I, I, I had several conversations with him over the years yeah. when I ran into various things. Very nice guy. Oh yeah. The whole family, Mary Lou. Okay. Oh yeah. Mom. Incredibly nice family. Yeah. And they, so, they actually right. live not far from us. Yeah, I've always well actually just down the street kind of from grandma when we were growing up. Yeah, well they kind of lived over by uh the comic book shop. Okay. If you okay. kind of went the back way to the comic book shop, you had to pass their house. Yeah. So Castle Comics. Correct. Yeah, good times. So anyway, hey, Billy. Yes, Beach. Do you hear that? I do. Sorry, I got sidetracked in our conversation there. I didn't even hear it. Hold on here. Hold on. Billy. Yes, Beach. This just in. Eugene needs jizz moppers. The University <laughs> of Oregon and many residents of the city of Eugene are looking for jizz moppers. It oh. seems that whenever the name Bo Nix is mentioned, people are orgasming all over the place at the grocery store, in front of the TV, and especially at Autzen Stadium. There are not enough local jizz moppers to handle the current need, and according to local quick stop manager Randall Graves, and I quote, <laughs> I don't know if you know this or not, but come leave streaks if you don't clean it right away. The U of O asks all people who are in, interested in a career in jizz mopping to visit the U of O athletic director Rob Mullen's office. This has been your Heinrich Tailgater update from Eugene. Oh, wow. Apparently yeah. a shortage of jizz moppers down there in Eugene. Yeah, and they definitely need it. Yeah. When we were there in that uh, game. Uh, all right, Beach. Well, with that, I think it's time we go under for the review for the final week, week number 13 in the regular season of the Pac-12. After further review, the runner did cross the line. Touchdown. Okay. All right, well. There's obviously games on one game on Friday. The rest of the games on Saturday. We're going to start with the Saturday games first. Okay. And that means we're going to go with our picks. Okay. So I've got picks our picks first. here heading into this game. You were in third place at 49 out of 73. Kyle was at 52 out of 73. And I was at 53 out of 73. And I made some stretches because it was my only way to recover that to, to tie is to take the opposite. Yeah. And Kyle and I basically picked the whole thing. So on the last one, I picked opposite Kyle. Yeah. Just to see what would happen. All right. So beach, the games that happened on Saturday, November 25th, first up, we had Colorado at Utah. Ram time. Now I have to say, did you watch any of these games? Um, no, I did not, but I heard about the end of the Washington, uh, the Apple cup and I heard it was amazing. Yeah. Well, I only watched a little bit of the end of that one. Other than that, I really didn't watch football on Saturday. 
Saturday was kind of a dark day around here. I, I worked in my yard. Yeah, I, I was working outside. I was raking up leaves. I was doing stuff around here. And uh, like I said, going through a lot of social media and just making myself even more depressed. So, yeah. So, Beach, who did you have in that game? Well, I picked primetime. You both picked the Jack Mormons. So how did that work out for us? Well, Beach, Jalen Glover ran for a career-high 107 yards to lead Utah to a 23-17 victory over Colorado in the Pac-12 finale for both teams on Saturday. Glover paced a running attack for the injury-riddled Utes that generated 268 yards in his first career 100-yard game. Sion Vaki and Jaquinnon Jackson added 68 rushing yards apiece. Now, Luke Batari threw for 61 yards and ran for a pair of touchdowns while filling in for Bryson Barnes at quarterback. Barnes did not play because of an undisclosed injury. Batari, who briefly transferred to Cal before returning during fall camp, took his first snaps at the FBS level. Hmm. Now, Utah beat the Buffaloes for the seventh straight time in the rivalry series. Ryan Straub threw for 195 yards in a TD while making his first career start for Colorado, while Travis Hunter had 107 yards and a touchdown on eight receptions. And B, Shadur Sanders didn't play because of injury. Now, are they considered rivals because they both came into the Pac-12 at the same time, or are they rivals because that existed prior to them I think, leaving their previous conferences? Well, they kind of were made rivals when they came into the Pac-12. Because they were the they were the two outs that didn't have in-state rivals. In yeah, the and they're sitting there right beside each other. Okay, okay. So it kind of became the rivalry. Gotcha. And with Utah beating the crap out of them every year the last game, they probably start to remember it. <laughs> I mean, quite frankly. Yeah, yeah. And so you guys both get the point, and I am now out of contention to win this thing. Oh, it gets better, Beach. I'm sure it does. Next up, Arizona at Arizona State. And I picked ASU, and you guys picked uh, picked Arizona. And that actually should have been a good game. How'd that turn out? Well, Beach, losing 70-7 to to Arizona State led to the firing of Coach Ken Sumlin at Arizona and the hiring of Jed Fish and was the linchpin of what would become a record 20-game losing streak. It even spawned a billboard that mocked the Wildcats every time they headed up North up Interstate in 10. Did you know about that? No. So following that win, Arizona State fans erected a billboard between Tempe and Tucson that said, quote, no pity for the kiddity, bracketed by the score of the game. Now the sign is no longer there, but Fish used a picture of it as motivation in the buildup to this year's Territorial Cup. So being... Arizona quarterback Noah Fafita threw for a school record 527 yards and five touchdowns. Michael Wiley scored three times, and number 16 Arizona put an emphatic end to the Pac-12 era of the Territorial Cup rivalry with a 59-23 route over Arizona State on Saturday. Now, the Wildcats took no pity on the injury-riddled Sun Devils, racking up 619 yards of offense. That's horrendous. Totora McMillan had a Territorial Cup record 266 yards and a touchdown on 11 catches. Jacob Cowing also had nine catches for 157 yards. Now, Fafita finished 30 of 41 to break Anu Solomon's school record of 520 yards passing against Cal in 2014. Son of a gun. Yeah, so they just destroyed him. Wow. Well, that's disappointing because that just makes my loss look even worse. Yep. So you did not get the one there. Up next, Beach. 
The Apple Cup, Washington State at Washington. I was, I heard, I was so close on this, I could almost taste it. Well, Beach, you took Washington State, Kyle and I. I hate you, Kyle. We both took UW. It would have been nice if Washington State would have pulled this one off, though, wouldn't it have? Yeah. Wouldn't. I mean, maybe. I mean, just, yeah, just to punch him right in the face. You well, know, to take away their undefeated season. It would have been beautiful. That would have been nice. Washington wide receiver Roman Dunze's 23-yard run on fourth and one deep in Washington's own end helped set up the stage for Grady Gross to kick a 42-yard field goal on the final play as the fourth-ranked Huskies beat Washington State 24-21 on Saturday in the Apple Cup for an undefeated regular season. Now, playing likely his final game at Husky Stadium, Dunze caught a 40-yard touchdown pass in the second quarter and hauled in a 21-yarder on the final play of the third quarter to give the Huskies a 21-14 lead. But it's his run play and the call made by DeBoer and offensive coordinator Ryan Grubb that'll live in the history of the rivalry, even with the teams no longer in the same conference starting next season. Facing fourth and one at their own 29 with a 1 minute and 11 seconds left, Ondunze took a pitch from quarterback Michael Penitz Jr. and ran into Washington State territory. The Huskies picked up 50 more yards later on the drive when Juan Stone Jr. was flagged for a questionable roughing the passer call. After Ndudze had to break up a potential interception at the goal line, Gross nailed the winner. Now, for Washington State, quarterback Cam Ward threw 317 yards and three touchdowns, but also had three interceptions. Did you see the roughing the passer? Yes. Was it? No. It's the same thing like, you know, it's not pass interference when you hold down the arms of the uh, receiver at the Civil Uh, War. Washington, Washington has been bailed out. By calls all season. All season. Mm-hmm. Arizona State. I'm still pissed about the uh, the personal foul called on us instead of Washington last week. There was mm. actually a clip yeah. going around on social media where you can see the play I'm talking about. And he drives our player to the ground, gets up, shoves his head. Another player runs in to kind of try and break it up, and we get flagged for the call. Don't understand it. Um, like I said, Arizona State, they 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 got this Arizona State got screwed in that game on a bad call. So yeah, it's Washington's been bailed out a lot this year. Mm-hmm. So still, it was good to see Washington State show up at the end of the season. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Shame they couldn't they couldn't uh, make it happen, but yeah, uh, nice to see they didn't get blown out. Don't know where they were for six weeks. Yeah. So. No. Okay, Beach. So Kyle and I got the win there. Up next, Notre Dame at Stanford down on the farm. Ooh, well, you guys picked uh, Notre Dame. I, I I stood by the Cardinal. Well, Beach, Audric Astem ran for a career high 238 yards to go with four touchdowns, and number 17 Notre Dame overcame three first half turnovers and beat Stanford 20, uh, 56 to 23 on Saturday. Stem, the first Notre Dame back to have over 200 more yards on the ground since Dexter Williams in 2018, had scoring runs of 39, 65, and 25 yards in his fifth game this season of 100 yards or more. Now, under first-year coach Troy Taylor, the Cardinal finished 3-9 and nine and winless at home in a non-COVID year for the first time since 2006. So no home wins. That's brutal. That is sad. What's even worse is that I haven't won a single game that this week. So, <laughs> oh, be okay, Beach. Well, let's move on to Cal at UCLA. Okay, fighting for the um, 
This is the big game? No, that's what Stanford and Cal. What's Cal and UCLA? Not doesn't little brother versus big yeah, brother. Yeah, big brother versus little brother because UCLA literally is little brother. Is is that a rivalry game at all for them? I mean, yeah, kind of. Is it more or less the Southern Cal versus the the Northern Cal schools? The, 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 the USC UCLA game is the more rivalry, but mm-hmm. yeah, this is there's a little, kind there's of a little something there. Yeah, because okay. they're the two big, you know, state-run universities in in the in the pack. Yeah. So, well, Beach, you took Cal and Kyle took Cal. I took UCLA to make things interesting. Mm-hmm. Cal running back Jaden Ott had a hundred one had a hundred yard kickoff return. Jeremiah Hunter had a pair of touchdown receptions, and California became bowl eligible for the first time in four years with a thirty three to seven victory over UCLA Saturday night in the final regular season game under the current iteration of the Pac twelve conference. Fernando Mendoza had a pair of TD passes, and Mateen Bagani kicked four field goals for the Golden Bears, who won their last three games after four straight losses. So the Bears became. Uh, our bull eligible at 7-5. Bruins committed four turnovers that resulted in 13 Cal points, Beach. Now, wow. UCLA quarterback Ethan Garber's night ended after just 12 plays due to a right shoulder injury. Freshman Dante Moore was 23 of 38 for 276 yards with a touchdown and two interceptions. He was also sacked six times. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, forgive me, what, did UCLA become bull eligible last week? Yeah. Yeah, okay, we, so so both are bowl eligible. Yeah, we can we can talk about that here in, in a is, little uh, bit. Chip Kelly, is Chip Kelly going to be coaching? Uh, no, nothing has been talked about yet. Okay. Do you th- they typically, if they're going to fire him, though, they'd probably do it this week, would they not? You'd imagine so. Or do you keep him on, wait for the transfer portal, and then get rid of his ass? That's kind of brutal. Yeah. Uh. Because then you're lying to the players. Well, and part of the problem is, do you want your top pick of coaches? You know uh, what I mean? Probably. Because yeah. how many guys will get locked down when you're before that when you're still looking? Mm-hmm. So, anyways, Beach. So you and Kyle got the win there. So at the end of the regular season, you ended up with 50 out of 78. You had a bad week. And Kyle and I tied at 57 out of 78. You guys tied? Yeah. I was oh, one wow. because, because I was one ahead. UCLA. Yeah, I was you always one ahead and then Yeah. Wow. That's why I took the other one. I was like, screw it. Worst comes to worst, we'll get tied. Otherwise I'll be two up. So. Mm-hmm. All right, Beach. So we do have one more game to talk about for the week. It's a shit game. And that was the Civil War, Oregon State at Oregon. You know what memory popped up on my phone today? What? A year ago today. Yeah. 38, 34. That was a great day. It's a great day. Well, I'd like to go back to that. I'd like to, I'd like to go back to last year and then just start over and see what we could come up with. See if we can fix what happened this year. No one. Cause this year has been a shit year. Yeah. Okay. Go on. So beach sixth ranked Oregon secured a spot in the PAC 12 championship game with a 31 to seven victory Friday night over number 15 ranked Oregon state in the final scheduled matchup between the in-state rivals. Bo Nix completed 33 of 40 passes for 367 yards and two TDs. He also ran for another score. Troy Franklin caught nine passes for 120 yards and a score. Tez Johnson caught 11 passes for 137. Now for Oregon State, DJ Uyunglele threw for 220 yards and a touchdown. 
Bucky Irving caught a short pass from Knicks and ran for a 14-yard touchdown on the Ducks' first drive, which took 8.41 off the clock. Knicks then scored on a 16-yard keeper early in the second quarter. The Ducks converted on fourth downs on both of those scoring drives. Now, DJ's nine-yard touchdown pass to Silas Bolden narrowed the score to 14-7 with 54 seconds left in the first half. But Knicks led an efficient Oregon series that ended with his 41-yard scoring pass to Troy Franklin to make it 21-7 at the break. And really, Beach, I think that's what kind of drove the nail into the beeves at that point. Yeah. I think if they could have gone into halftime down 14-7, to you know, things that's you're only down one score and you get the ball to start the second half. But yeah, going down two scores, you can break yeah. even, then hopefully get a stop, and you might be able to pull ahead. Because if you look in the second half, the Beavs shut down Oregon's running game. Mm-hmm. Oregon could not run the ball, and really, the, I mean, even that 41-yard touchdown to uh, that Knicks threw right before half, that was pretty good coverage. Knicks extended the play by rolling to his right. And then just made a phenomenal throw across his body. He, he did that twice. He did that several times. I mm-hmm. mean, I was surprised to hear. I was impressed that Penix had only been sacked seven times on the season. Didn't realize coming into this last game, Nix has only been sacked five times this year. Oh, his line just holds tight and he knows how to, yeah. he knows when it starts collapsing where to run to. Yeah. And he doesn't run like he did last year. He really, you know, He's, he, he's more well, effective he, he, with it. I think he just knows he has time. Yeah. You and know? he's not trying to do everything himself. No, no, so. he's, 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 uh, I, I, I mean, I'm not orgasming my pants over it, but I, I can see but, why a lot of Oregon fans do. Man, didn't they? That was nuts. Yeah. Like I said, it was almost bad as, oh, when was that? 1999 with Ruben Drones? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah, we we went to this the Civil War game. That might have been the last Civil War game we went with mom and dad. No, you mom and dad didn't join us. We were just in the end zone, but you and I. Was it just you and I? I thought mom and dad. It was, was just there. you and I. I don't think mom and dad came. I just remember everybody you going Ruben and drones. I, sitting, Ruben. I just remember sitting in the end zone with you and that jackass behind us, like oh, yeah. like we didn't know who it was who was yeah. holding the ball. Yeah, Ruben oh, drones. Ruben drones was a running back for the Ducks that year. And the guy just kept yeah. screaming Ruben drones, Ruben drones. Yeah. So it was disappointing. I just didn't feel like our our offense. Um, well, could, you're playing could, a very good football team. Yeah, that, absolutely. That, that that's what I heard too. People were like, "Oh, this and that." You know, well, last like week the best, there, there's the there's a reason why those two teams are ranked in the top five. The, the best money can buy. Yeah. Well, that's sadly that's what college athletics is coming to. Yeah, but it's it's the best team your money can buy. But that that was that Bo Nix looked legit. He was I, I you know, like you said, I you know, he probably I was always surprised he didn't go on to pro last year. But like you said, maybe he increased his uh, value substantially by waiting one year and knock on wood, you know, he hasn't been injured. Yeah. But I also curious, going back to the previous comment, how much he was paid to stay. And that's true too. Yeah. Do they have to disclose that? Yes. Is that public knowledge? Um, I believe so. Okay. So I don't know where to look my, it up, but yes. So so the so they get endorsements. They can get endorsements from anything, right? Mm-hmm. 
they're they're not restricted on that. And when they're they're paid by other companies for their name, image, and likeness, then do they license them to other things and they they take a flat fee to market them? Is that what it is? What do you mean? Oh, so do they get paid directly from the sponsors, or when you when you're donating money to like what what's the Beaver one called the Dam Dam Collective? I don't know the ins and outs of all that, Beach. Yeah, I, 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 I truly don't. Collective pay it directly to the player, or are they just assisting the player in signing major contracts with outside vendors? I don't know how that works, Beach. Okay, just I, I literally don't know how that works. I, I was reading an article and like uh, it would talked about some of the highest paid uh, people on it. Mm-hmm. And um, it was talking. There's a couple of gymnasts out there, gymnasts or swimmers, some some gals. There's a gymnast that, from I know LSU. Yeah, exactly. And, and she's was, she's super hot, and she's got a ton of followers on social media. That's what it was, and she's getting paid for like promoting stuff by by tweeting or Instagramming it or something. Yep, yep. So, and uh, so I mean that seems like that would be out of the NIL stuff. That's just getting paid for being a social media influencer. I mean, kind of, but you, yeah. they can't just – before, that would have been illegal. Because you're paying a player, and that's not allowed. Exactly. So. So. Interesting. Yep. So. So, uh, very disappointing game for the Beavs, but, I mean, rolling into that game, I wasn't too positive for the Beavs' chances rolling into that game. No, I was I was thinking our odds were about probably one in three. Yeah, Oregon's a very good uh, football maybe team. Maybe one in four, but uh, they they they. I I just also just didn't feel like it. It goes back to our conversation from earlier this season, where I just don't see there. I just didn't see a lot of fire and passion behind the team on the no, away game. On the away not, games, not yeah. Like at home, yeah. But I also didn't see the fire and passion at the UAW game. But I almost wonder if that wasn't because of the rumors of Jonathan Smith going around. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, maybe that can take an effect, but really those rumors didn't start until after the Washington game. Mm. But you're also playing two pretty damn good football teams that they held both significantly under significantly under their season um, totals yeah. for, for yards and points. Yeah, true. So, true. you know, you, you well, gave it a valiant well, effort. Well, I mean, and, and outside of the Oregon game, Oregon State lost – Three games by three points or less? Yeah, three, three, and two. And even with the Oregon game, you got to remember, they went in there, they were missing two defensive backs to injury, mm-hmm. and they were also missing two offensive linemen due to injury. Yeah, the whole left side was injured. Wow. You're missing your left tackle and your left guard. So, you know, what do you do at that point? Yeah. But... All right, Beach. Oh. Well, let's talk about the Pac-12 and the polls. The AP poll came out. Washington moved up to three. Oregon is at five. Arizona at 14. And the Beavs fell to 22. With Utah in the also receiving votes category. Now in the coaches poll, Washington's again at three. Oregon five. Arizona 15. Oregon State 21. With Utah in the also receiving votes category. That means, Beach, this was the first season that Oregon State was ranked in every poll. Wow. First time ever in school history. And probably the last. Maybe. That's that's kind of sad to say. So that's impressive. But now we got to talk about the big. The elephant in the room. Yep. The 500 pound gorilla in the room. And that is Jonathan Smith announced Saturday morning. 
that he was leaving Oregon State to go coach at Michigan State. And so those those rumors had been brewing a little bit towards the end of last week. Well, and they weren't really rumors because they admitted that they had been they they contacted him. Yeah. Uh, to interview him for the job, so yeah. he was. Everybody knew that he had been asked uh, to consider the job. Yeah. And he kind of played it off. Um, even after, his he, agent, that's his agent's job. Which it is. Um, mm-hmm. And also, too, after the game on Friday night, he was asked about it. He said no decisions have been made. And then about 12 hours later, a decision was made. <laughs> well, I'm, and, I'm pretty sure the decision was made. I so, wonder when he informed the players. I bet you he informed them that night. Well, he, he even said this beginning of the season that – he was he told the players because of everything that had been going on with the Pac-12 and everything fell apart which happened right before spring or fall camp started he told them lock in for 4 months get rid of all that noise don't worry about the outside crap we can only control what's going on in this locker room and on this you know with us and that's what we're going to do and i'm sure that's also what he did with himself mm-hmm. um i don't know why he left there, there's a, tons of reasons why he could have left, right? I but mean, first one is always money. Money. I mean, I'm sure he's, you know, he was making 4.6, I think, at Oregon State. I'm sure he's going to be making close to 10 at 10 million per year. Yeah. At, at yeah. Michigan State. You're also at a much bigger school in an mm-hmm. actual conference, in one of the two biggest conferences. Mm-hmm. And, you know, part of it, he probably wants to play for championships. And right yeah, now you yeah. you're not going to do that at Oregon State. Not not even if he stayed. Yeah. There was a doubtful chance that he would get there and with him leaving there's no chance that we're going to get there. I I wouldn't say that. Um I I don't right now th- I mean yesterday was bleak. I I still see it's bleak. I I just don't see a path forward. I just see I I see we're in a doom spiral right now. I don't see well, a way out. And and it's probably going to get worse. On Monday the 4th, when the transfer portal opens. Because I think we're going to get gutted. I think all of our talent is going to – what uh, What was – did you see Child's post on Twitter? Yeah. On X? Yeah. I mean, it. that made me feel like he's done. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't – the song was kind of about not doing what you said, which kind of looked like a little bit of a dig at Jonathan to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know people said, you know, he should have waited. Well, and, and don't get me wrong. It, it puts Oregon state in a bad situation, but this is oh, the way totally, college, totally this, screwed us. this is the way college football works, right? This mm-hmm. is the way it happens. Michigan state was in a bad situation. They follow, they fired their coach. They've had no coach. They ended up four and eight on the season and they've been looking because guess what? They want to get a coach hired and in place so that when the portal opens, they're in a good spot to retain players they want, go out and grab players they like, and get players signed in that early signing period in December. Unfortunately, by them poaching an existing uh, it, coach it, at the NCAA, that the team that they get from is now the guy holding the old maid. I agree. I agree. Yeah. We're the ones kind and of that, screwed That's us. us. Now we're holding the old maid, and there's no way we can get rid of it in time. Well, I, possibly. We'll see what happens. Um, yeah, I mean, but but how are you going to find a coach in a week? Well, you've got guys on your staff you could have a coach. Yeah. 
So the Beavs are still going to a bowl game. We don't know what bowl yet. That'll be announced next Sunday after all the championship games. But there is a chance the Beavs could play in the uh, Holiday Bowl in San Diego. Which... Yeah, that sounds like it's the most likely one. They said ultimately we should be lined up for the Vegas Bowl, but because we went to the Vegas Bowl last year, most likely that that bowl doesn't like to repeat the same. Most, most bowls don't. And if they go to San Diego, you could have an Oregon State versus Clemson matchup. And Clemson is where DJ was the quarterback at last year. So interesting storylines. Oh, really? Yeah, interesting no, storylines. But, but now, now is, is DJ a senior? Yes, he does still have one year of eligibility left. Okay, so but then the question is, when that transfer portal opens up, how many players are going to be left? We don't know to play in the bowl game. We don't and know because what what was the team last year that had got gutted? That literally they're playing with their entire second string because the first string got got gutted. I don't remember. Okay, there there was one bowl game. I, the dad and I were talking about it last night, and he's like, "Yeah, remember, remember, nobody knew who the hell was playing because all their team left." Yeah, and, and who knows, right? Yeah, who knows what'll happen? But we'll see. Um, you know, I've heard there's been you know names thrown out there. Now, uh, I can't remember what his name was. Kafence Heisen Hinson was named. He's the wide receiver coach. He was named the interim head coach for Oregon State for the bowl game. Mm-hmm. And they've announced some coaches that are leaving to follow Jonathan. Which ones are that so far? Do you know? Um, the offensive coordinator, Brian Lindgren. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see if I can Trent, find Trent Bray? No. Really? No. Um, he was not yeah. He was not announced. Um, I know uh, Michilzik, Michilzik, the uh, offensive line coach. Um, uh, Blue Adams, the DB coach. Uh, the uh, he's leaving. He's leaving. The running backs coach is leaving, and Brian Lindgren, the offensive coordinator. And there's a couple other support crew that are leaving too, like guys that aren't actually on the field coaches. Gotcha. Um, okay. Is there anybody that's still staying that has potential? You think to be a head coach? Who? I'm I'm asking, not saying. I mean, I I think Bray has a Bray's been a pretty damn good defensive coordinator over the last couple of years. If you went in that route, you'd have some continuity on the staff. Mm-hmm. You have a guy that the players already know. Mm-hmm. I think the players like. And he's he's got Oregon State history. Yeah, you know he played there, which which helps. Yeah. He's been a coordinator because, there, and he's going to know the recruits that are coming in. He's going to know who they're looking at the in the portal. So there is some stability there. Because with, with the current situation, with not having a uh, a true 10 or 12 team conference. Because right now you don't know what the hell is going on. It's it's going to be tough to get a. It's going to be tough to get a good coach. Yeah. To come well, to you say, hey, come to Oregon State. We're a conference of two. And we're not sure where we're going to be in one year, two years, or four years. But here, come here, and we're going to pay you well below market rate because we can't afford it. Yep. Well, and I mean that's literally what you're. I mean that's what you're looking. That's why I keep saying we're kind of in a doom spiral at this point unless something stabilizes us. Yeah. Well, and so I had, I think I've seen reports that there will be a press conference on Thursday. And when asked what will be covered, the response was everything. Hmm. So maybe we'll get 
Well, is that when that lawsuit lawsuit is supposed to be resolved too? The, the no, countersuit? no. Um, they're supposed to have more clarity on that by December 4th. Okay. So, but we'll see. Um, cause this right now the suit's going to go on even after that, but they're going to decide. First thing is can Oregon state and Washington state basically take over the PAC 12 and start deciding what the future is going to be. Mm-hmm. Cause right now they can't right now. They still have no votes until, unless everybody's agreeing to it all, all exactly 10 teams, 12, because even USC and UCLA still have a vote, even though they were yes. out. Yes. Wow. And that's, that's the, that's the point, right? Okay. So well, we'll, we'll see what happens on Thursday. Um, maybe we'll get a schedule announced because mm-hmm. we need to do that soon before that transfer portal. But honestly, if we don't pay, uh, I, my, my personal feeling is I'd love to see us play competition. I would rather not play any former PAC 12 team. Well, I just don't, I just don't have any love for those sons of bitches and I don't want to grace them with our presence. And I, I me personally, there's part of me that completely agrees with you, right? The, mm-hmm. the emotional side of me is screw them. I hope we mm-hmm. never play Oregon again. They can go pound sand. I'd rather play every team in the sec before I play those sons of bitches. But again. the logical side of me says that we, if, if we want to be considered and just for the lack of a better term, power five, as a mm-hmm. Power 5 conference team, we need to play a number of Power 5 conference teams every year. Yes, absolutely. Right? For the next two years. Because right now it's looking like we're going to be two years of kind of like independence. Yeah. Probably playing so, some okay, sort so, of... So this, this, this brings up a question I had earlier today that I wanted to ask you on, on the podcast. Mm-hmm. So there's a contract out there that says the winner of the Pac-12 plays the winner of the big 10 in the Rose bowl every year. Correct. Not anymore. That, that contract has ended. Correct. So, so next year we don't have any contract where it says where the winner of the pac 12 goes. Well, the, 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 the Rose bowl is now part of the college football playoff period. Yep. Last so year, no- last year was the last year for the traditional Rose bowl. Okay. So, and so theoretically, the winner of the Pac-12 goes into, theoretically, would be in the college, in the championship series. As long as they're ranked high enough. Yeah. And then if they're not, they just get whatever bowls available to them. Correct. Well, that's kind of crappy. <laughs> but that being said, there's only two teams in the Pac-12. Will we still have a Pac-12 championship game next year? I, I doubt it because I don't think there would be a championship game with. I mean, it doesn't matter because right now there's no media contract. Okay. <laughs> so I mean, it's isn't going to be on TV. What do do you get? So does the does the team? So if you have a media contract, okay. So let's say Oregon State plays Florida State. Okay, at Florida State. Mm-hmm. Do we get any money from the media contract for being the visiting team, even you, though we're you, not? That- so with out-of-conference games, there are payments made from the home team to the visiting team. That's Based part of that's part of that contract. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So like so the Portland money goes State to that conference, but they pay they pay the other team for coming. Well, the the yeah the money yeah exactly for out-of-conference games. So okay. like when 
you know, Portland State plays at Oregon State or Oregon, they make a huge chunk of change to come and get beat up. Yeah. But it probably pays for the program for the year. Mm-hmm. Relative to what they make normally make every on on normal exactly normal game in conference game exactly exactly but right now there is no there's no media contract right so they got nothing so you play Oregon State you're playing just for the goodwill of playing well unless you're playing at some place or Oregon State and don't get me wrong I'm sure Oregon State and Washington State are probably working with media partners because this mm-hmm. all has to get covered. And I, I don't think people understand this because and like I saw people with, with Jonathan leaving part of it were like, well, he wanted more money for his assistant coaches. Okay. Well, they should just pay him more. Okay. That's, that's a great thought, right? They should pay the assistant coaches more. Where is that money coming from? Because you no longer have the media money coming in. So that's leaving you, I don't know, 20, $24 million hole every year. Huge. How are you going to fill that in? Now, there is media in the Pac-12 itself that Oregon State and Washington will come into, but how long does that last? Yeah. You know? Yeah, it only lasts so long. It's a it's a diminishing amount. Exactly. Yeah. So it'll keep you funded. It might pay off some – because the other thing you got to look at is the reality that you're essentially – you just took a massive pay cut. Right. Yeah. And so if you or I or anybody who's listening to this takes a pay cut, the first thing you got to do is is get your financial house in order. Correct. It's like, well, I'm not going to be able to bring in more revenue. That's that's not really a a, a thing I can plan for. The only thing I can start planning for is cutting my costs. Exactly. And And trying to get my budget in line with my income now. Exactly. And hopefully you can you can increase your revenue. Right. Hopefully there's something out there that they're working on. But right now you got to look at all contingencies. Yeah, you got you got to make sure your debt's paid off. You got to make sure you can you can afford your your annual nut, mm-hmm. and uh, and pray to God. Yeah, maybe you can get your revenue back up. But in the meantime, you you can't you can't be spending money that you don't have, exactly. especially with with a with a uh, state run institution like that. Exactly, and you've got money, you know, that you still have to pay off the debt for the new stadium, which is huge. Yeah, it's, it's you know, especially 100... if it's not going to be bringing. And and like I was talking to one of our our listeners, or one of our tailgate, uh, Bruce called me up yesterday, mm-hmm. uh, pretty distraught over the whole situation. And he said, "Well, I bet you, I bet you, the cost of seats at Reeser just got cut in half for next year. It, it, it and, and it I, could. And thought, yeah, what? It could. Yeah, I mean, people aren't going to go buy tickets for to watch Oregon State when there's only one Pac-12 team that they're going to play. Well, and 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 that's and, and, and this who is, knows what they're going to backfill with. But see, this is what we know right now. This is based on what we know at this moment. But but are you? But but honestly though, and and granted, they're not asking us to renew just yet. But uh, would you renew for the same prices you paid last year for this year, when you know the competition is most likely going to be about half as good? Who knows? Yeah, I mean, you're Pro- going to have to probably the, not, the, the, right? Yeah. The, the price is the, the the price of a seat is set to its value and and Oregon State lost a tremendous amount of value. Yeah. Yeah. And it, what sucks yeah. is it's none of their own doing. No, no. I don't know if they could have done it any better. I mean, because like you said, you know, Washington bailed and then Oregon bailed. Yeah. Oregon State, they could have called the, you know, for the uh, for their conferences. Nobody would want them. They don't bring enough money to the table. You don't bring enough value. Yeah. And I love yeah. Oregon State. How good you are. You're ranked in the top 25, but you're not bringing the value. Yeah. You're not. You're not bringing the eyeballs, and that's what they're looking at. 
Yeah. Yeah. And Nobody, I would say it's the same reason. It's the same reason why the presidents don't come and solicit the state of Oregon no. for the, for the electoral votes. No. There's just not enough people in the state to matter. No. And Oregon has built themselves into a national brand. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they've bought their way into a national brand. Yeah. I like to say but they've they, hoard, they've hoard themselves out, but it's worked. Yeah. Right. Oh my God. How often do you see the freaking duck yeah. on so much stuff? A- anytime you know? there's an ESPN thing and they're showing mascots, the duck will be on there. Always, always. Yeah. If they pick three mascots to do some dumb shit promo, it'll it'll the be the duck is always one of it'll them. It'll be the Ohio State Buckeye, the duck, and somebody else. Yeah, well, and like I mean, look, look at what they made such a spectacle out of him at Autzen on Friday. Yeah, I don't know if he people saw that zip line. Yeah, he zipped, he zip lined zip- out to the middle of the field and then dropped down. Well, they played the Mission Impossible theme song. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I and really, I kind of thought the whole thing was kind of stupid, but it. It got the people excited, you know. They're all he about said, they're all he, about the flash and the and the sizzle, not rides, so much the steak. Yeah. yeah, he rides out on the motorcycle. He does yep. this, he does that. And they had that drone show at halftime. Yeah, that was kind of cool. Yeah. So, but but I thought they were too low. I would because we couldn't see it from where we were sitting. Yeah, but but so. uh, anyways. Hey, question for you. Yes. I heard a rumor. I don't think the rumor is true, but. Somebody said that the Oregon band played the Michigan State fight song during the game. I did not see that. Now, I know during the game, before pregame, they played the Michigan State game on the Jumbotron while the team was out uh, warming up. But was that as a slap or was that just because that was the game that was being played at the time? My answer to that would probably be yes. You think they're being dicks? Um, I wouldn't put it past him um, so, to do that. Yeah, because I, uh, I didn't watch the, I didn't see the game on there. And somebody asked me, like, did you hear the theme song? And I'm like, well, I was sitting right next to the band, so the Oregon State band. So all I could hear was what Oregon State was playing. Yeah, I don't so, see any news. I haven't seen anyone. Yeah, I googled it and didn't see anything populate. I figured if it was yeah. valid, somebody would have posted something. Yeah, I don't see anything. Okay. But so So somebody said uh, uh was it Kyle or uh, Dano said that they have to uh they have to uh Jonathan Smith gets to go to Eugene again next year. Yeah, he'll be playing uh taking Michigan State to Eugene. Well, hopefully he has better luck. I, you know, I, I, I'm I'm upset he left. I'm hoping the best for his career, though. I do, too. I like Jonathan. I've talked to him he, a million he, times. He orders Woodstock's pizza. His family orders pizza probably at least once a week. Wow. Yeah. And Well, and he well, and also it was probably his request that you guys sold the – you guys delivered 221 pizzas to him. Twice. A couple weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, uh, I – I don't yeah. I don't blame him for his decision. I'm sure it wasn't an easy decision. No. And I'm disappointed, but but but, but you know, it's it's like you're sitting there, so, somebody's on a you're on the Titanic and it's going down and there's this big ass ship over there that's massive, that's that's 10 times bigger than that and they throw you out a a ring and say, "Here, come with us." Yeah. I it's hard. I, I do you Yeah. It's it's a more it's a bigger beautiful better ship, it ain't sinking, and 
I, I mean, I, I would go too. I, I'd hate to say it, you know, because loyalty only goes so far. But, you know, what's loyalty if the ship is sinking? Yeah, I agree. So, you know, sometimes you just got to, we, we all work in our own self-interest and that's not a bad thing. And he did a lot of wonderful things for Oregon State over the last five years. Yeah, he was here six years. Six, I, six years. I don't I don't know what the average uh, uh, college head coaching stint is but six years is quite a long time he was a hell of a lot better than a previous coach yep so i know like i said uh, well beach this kind of moves us towards this week's tommy tuberville what's he think i look like a jackass you sure do <laughs> jackass of the week award every week like discuss a person in college football exemplifies the truly worst in sportsmanship leadership or just being a fan and this week beach who is it, Billy? We're going to give it to Beaver fans. Really? Yeah. That's disappointing. Well, and, and this is just from me being on Twitter social. slash X and, and social media and on Facebook and all this crap. It just seeing the vitriol thrown at Jonathan. You know, call, they're calling him a coward, calling him a traitor, uh, saying he quit. We are very passionate for our for the university and our team. What would you do if you were him? I know. And I, I mean honestly, take the just look at the reality of it. What would you do if you were him? You still have another good 10 to 15 years of coaching left in your in your in your career, right? Yeah. Cuz he's 44. He's 44. So let's say he wants to coach until he's 60, right? You got 15 years. So you got 15 years. You, you are now now granted you have history with this team you you played played on that team you've come back and you've built this team up to to something as terrific as it was when you played there yeah but you don't see a path forward and even the ad couldn't make enough of a pitch to him to tell him that there was a route forward well and how much more do yeah. you want to have to keep rebuilding yeah yeah because right? the last time you were rebuilding in a power five conference yeah. What are you now? You're gonna try and rebuild the conference. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say you might be able to hold your team together to some extent, but yeah, you and and you can't even build the conference. You're 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 relying on the faith and hope and prayers of others to 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 bring this thing back to life. Mm-hmm. You know, honestly, the 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 jackass of the week should be the other Pac-10 teams, but uh, um, you know, fuck USC and UCLA, but the yeah. the ten that bailed after them, they they shame on them. Yeah, but I just don't yeah. like to see Beaver fans just with the vitriol online saying he quit, saying he lied, saying he did this, saying that players quit because they got pissed at at, I, at I Jonathan. Saw that too. I, and I don't think that was the case. I know, and yeah. I've seen players. I've seen players that would answer, going, "That never happened. We never did that. Nobody quit on anybody." Now, yeah. my thing is, he never lied to the fans, right? No. When he and said when he said Friday night, no decision has been made. I think he probably thought no decision had been made. Obviously, he was walking down that path, but he probably thought, yeah. let's sleep on this but, and let's see how we feel but, about it when we wake up. Let's go back to the Tommy Tuberville himself. Wasn't he the biggest freaking liar? Isn't that why we named it after him? Oh yeah, he walked out in the middle of a recruiting dinner to to go take another job. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And people so, were like, well, he should have stayed through the end of the. End of the season. Well, that's not how this works. 
Yeah, and, and unfortunately, it's not how it works. No, it would have been nice, but like you said, with the transfer portal, when it is, well, I mean, it's always been like this. System. It's always know, been like maybe, this. We we maybe that's we hired Jonathan before Washington had their bowl game in 2018, 2017, right? Mm-hmm. Last year, right after the Civil War game, Kenny Dillingham from Oregon, the offensive coordinator, left the Civil War game, got in a plane, and flew to Arizona State to be named the head coach the next day. Some somebody This is just how that, this works. Somebody said Jonathan wasn't even on the on the field the last like last half of the game or last quarter of the game. Oh no, that's and, bullshit. He was down there well, because well, that's why somebody told, told somebody told me that. I'm like, dude, I saw him hug the 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 coach of Oregon on the field. Yeah. I'm like, exactly. He was there. He, he didn't leave. He didn't even fly to East Lansing until Sunday morning, until this morning. It was hard to see him get off the plane. Cause I saw some news clips from a Michigan yeah. site, get off the plane with a Michigan state, like scarf around his neck and stuff. And it's just tough, but it was tough to see him with Washington stuff on when he was the offensive coordinator up there. True. You know? True. You got to think always like orange and black. Well, you got to think he was the offensive coordinator at Boise state in 2013 when the beeves beat Boise state in the Hawaii bowl. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. Because Peterson had left to go to Washington, Jonathan was yeah. still at Boise State working. Yeah, you know it's it's uh, what is it? Politics makes strange bedfellows. It's just weird. It's you know? weird, right? But but it is what it is. I mean, same reason that when these transfer portals open up and suddenly a guy you cheered for could be your worst enemy. Well, the next year exactly. And I just don't like seeing people just with the vitriol online. You know, I. No, no, I, I don't, saw don't be so damn time. emotional. Don't I, use I'm not near as involved as, as you are invested in it as you are, but, but some of the stuff pops up on my feed and I read it and I'm like, Oh, come on guys. Yeah. It's, you know? I find and it again. It's just I, ugly. I, I, I just look at it is if I was, you know, it's easy to yell at somebody else, put yourself in their position. You know, decisions aren't always black and white. There's a lot of things that you can do, which, you know, you know, you say, well, you turn your back on us. Yeah, but he's giving Michigan State hope, yeah. you know? Oh, yeah, the Michigan State people are excited. Oh, I'm sure. They're like, hey, we got this great coach from Oregon State. He turned them around in a few years, was doing great. And now imagine what he can do with our talent. Yeah. You know, the new talent he can pull with our name brand. Yeah, and the you amount know? of money they have. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, remember, that school's huge. That school in 2023... Do you know what? How many students are enrolled at Michigan State for twenty twenty three? Thirty thousand. Fifty one thousand. And what's Oregon State like? Twenty four. <sighs> Thirty six thousand. Thirty six. But I believe so, that includes both campuses. Okay, and probably Car- online too. Carvalis, yeah, Carvalis, Bend, and the online. Yeah, I mean that school, Michigan State's huge. It is huge. So imagine the budget they have for football. Oh, it's 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 double what Oregon State is budget is. And they and they probably also have other sports that 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 bring in a lot more revenue as well. At least cover their costs. Yeah, and I just like I said, I hate to see people just being so emotional online when you're when you're dealing with these things. You just especially players are reading this shit you guys are writing. Mm-hmm. Right. And half is, and most of these people don't even understand. So, like, they were talking about Jonathan Smith's buyout, right? Mm-hmm. Do you know what his buyout was? 
It was pretty low, wasn't it? Well, it was $3 million. Okay. And people were like, well, it should have been $30 million. But he's and, not going to sign that. Well, that's what I said. I'm, I'm thinking like no coach or an agent wouldn't let his client sign that. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, at that point, make it $100 million. Shit, make it a billion. You know? Yeah. No one's going to sign that. It's you, it's high, you want it high enough that if somebody wants to come in and take your coach. They're going to pay for they it. They have to pay for it. But it's got to be not so high that the coach doesn't want to sign the contract. Mm-hmm. Because if somebody else wants to come in and offer you more money, maybe you might want to look at that. Mm-hmm. And I don't think people understand that. Also, usually those buyouts reduce over time. So at this point, he was on his sixth year. I, I don't know what the industry standard is for that. But I doubt it's th- – people were like, well, Dan Lanning's contract at Oregon's $20 million buyout. Well, this is only his second year. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it, you know, it decreases every year. It's usually the way those things work. And then people are like, well, you know, if Texas A&M is paying Jimbo Fisher $76 million, I'm like, that's a different kind of buyout, you idiots. That's because they want to fire that coach. His yep. contract's guaranteed. So they have to pay him that money that they signed the contract for. And they got wealthy oil guys well, down there. That but I'm just saying they have to pay that. Track. They have to pay that for him yeah. not to work for them anymore. It's a completely yeah. different kind of buyout. But, yeah. But people and, are and, just stupid. And, but I mean, who, who at even Oregon State would have that kind of money to do that? You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the other I mean, thing we, you got to look at. I mean, what what wasn't wasn't uh, Jonathan? Was he? He was originally the second lowest paid Pac-12 coach. Yeah, he he wasn't now. Um, he moved up. He was more in the middle of the pack, wasn't he? Uh, it was towards, yeah, I think so. Problem is, you don't know how much Stanford or USC pays because they're private, private and they don't, don't have to, to they don't have to disclose it. Yeah. So, but anyways, yeah, it's just I, I just truly hated seeing all these people go off. Yeah. So because of that, stupid Beaver fans who just can't keep your emotions in check, you get this week's. <laughs> Jackass of the Week award. Anyways, we've been talking about this enough. I, I tell you what, I was a lot more. I was, I was really down yesterday. Even Jess knew it. Um, well, and you, you, you on the drive back from from Eugene, you had, um, I think you still had hopes that Jonathan was going to stay. I had hopes, but the more that it kept going, when 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 I saw Jonathan hug the Oregon coach. I just felt like I could see in his eyes that he knew this was the the end, yeah. you know, of, of well, this. And for me, yeah. I, I, I kind of kept out hope until that night. I watched on YouTube his after-game press conference. And when I watched that, I had a pretty sinking feeling. Mm-hmm. Then I woke up Saturday morning and just kept refreshing my social media until I saw a reporter say that Jonathan had accepted the job at Michigan mm-hmm. State. And like I said, I'm I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed as a Beaver fan, but I understand his. I understand I his all, decision. I wish him all the best. I do too, especially uh, when they play the Ducks. It, was, it wasn't. It wasn't like he ditched the. The program was was running on all eight cylinders, and he bailed. Yeah. You know. We, we, we got, we got about, uh, we're, we're missing in about four cylinders and, and two of them are cracked heads. So yeah. I don't know what the hell you can do at this point. Yeah. So, I, mean, like, I mean, the people that you have to worry about are, are the players. 
mm-hmm. you know, because they came here. But, you know, yeah. he's also losing the last players that came here when he started. You know, his first recruiting class, this mm-hmm. is this was their last year. So. Yeah, you just, I, I worry because I really like to watch Childs play and I'm really excited to see what, how he develops. Well, we'll see. And I'm worried that he's got such talent. And if Oregon State's not going to go anywhere, that he's going to well, hit the portal. We don't know. Run. We'll see what happens if that Thursday thing comes to fruition. Okay. All right. So, well, you'll have to keep me informed. Maybe we'll have to. Maybe we'll have to. Maybe do an early podcast. Yeah, possibly. We'll see. We'll Actually, see. we're going to be down in Arizona. You know, we've never done a podcast like in, in the same Vegas. Room oh, that's so, true. Yeah. 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 We'll have to so. wait and see. Well, but the yeah, maybe, maybe we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. But anyways, all right, Beach. Well. Let's move on from that to this week's musical interlude. And because I knew we were going to be talking a lot about everything that was going on, and it was my pick, I decided to pick a short song. What did you pick? Well, Beach, this is a cover of a song that was originally sung by Roy Rogers and his wife, Dale Evans. And it was known as their theme song for their 40s and 50s radio program and their 50s television show in which they starred. It was actually written by Dale Evans. It was always sung by the duo over the end credits of the program. This that we're going to be listening to Beach is actually a cover of the song done a cappella and four bar harmony by Van Halen. And it's the closing track for their album Diver Down that came out in 1982. Now the band usually ended live performances with their first lead singer David Lee Roth with this song. The interesting thing about it Beach, the Diver Down album wasn't even supposed to exist. I always heard that Eddie didn't. It's, it's Eddie's least favorite album. Well, yes. They, they were put. They were pressured by their record label to put out a quick album well, after the success of uh, what Women and Children was, was, or no, was it right after right. Van Halen Two? No, it was after um, Women and Children uh, first. Uh, oh well, if it came out in nineteen eighty two, it was then, right after Fair Warning. Fair Warning. There we go. Yeah, Somebody I, I said could see Fair the, Warning. I could see the cover. Lord, I could see the yeah. cover in my head, but that was, I, I couldn't yeah, think Lord of Lord, strike that poor boy down. Yeah. So actually, it was very, uh, right after Fair Warning, and the they were going to go on tour, and the record company wanted them to record a single to put out to kind of help promote the tour. So they they decided to do a cover of Roy Orbison's Oh Pretty Woman. Mm-hmm. When the single came out, it started to make waves on the charts, and Warner Brothers said they had to get an album out to the shop's to capitalize on that popularity. And actually when they did that cover of pretty woman, I think mm-hmm. Eddie's actually missing a chord. Yeah. I heard that too. In, in, in the, uh, in the chorus. Cause he was kind of, they were all doing it kind of by memory. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then on top of that, once they released the video for that song, it went nuts. Uh, it, got banned on, it got banned on MTV because you can't have midgets something in the leg of trannies. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. That was, that was what MTV said. We have standards on MTV. <laughs> You can't have midgets humping the legs of men dressed as women yeah. out, in a, out in a Western movie set, I think is what it was. Oh, how things change. Oh, yeah. So that went out. It got real hot, but the, but the band didn't have any material and no time to write and record a full-length album before the start of the tour. So they just recorded a bunch of covers and then scrounged around for barely enough extra material to fill out the LP. And since they'd been singing that song a cappella at the end of concerts, they added it to the um, album. Cause I think okay, that album's yeah, only about 30 minutes long. 
Yeah, I didn't know they added that too. I didn't know that, that. I thought it was just part of the album. I didn't know they'd already been singing it prior to that. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's a lot of uh, covers, um, that album. You know, there's some... Is Cathedral on there? Yes. So Eddie, Eddie recorded a lot of uh, big instrumental um, kind of intros to songs mm-hmm. um, where he did a lot of different effects and stuff with his guitars. And that kind of helped you... build up the album a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you'll have you'll have like a kind of intro to the song and then the song. And actually, one of my little, favorite Van little, little little guitar. That's my favorite. My one of my favorite Van Halen songs of all time is on that album, Little Guitars. I love that song. Yeah, the intros the intros fantastic. Yep. And and also you have uh, Big Bad Billy, don't you? Yep. On that one. Yep. yep. With uh, I believe Eddie and Alex's sister playing the oboe. Yeah, you know that that. Um that album, you know, even though Eddie didn't like it, it, it's a good album. You can listen to it all the way through. I enjoy it. I enjoy it. Yeah. And with that, here is Van Halen with Happy Trails. Who cares about the clouds when we're together? Just sing a song and think about sunny I just kind of thought that was a good way to end the Pac-12 regular season. Yeah, I I love how you can kind of hear him laughing and giggling at the end of that one. Yeah. So it's uh, I yeah well. Well, we'll see where see what happens on Thursday. Um, I don't have a lot of high hopes for the outcomes of this. Um, I I was but, in that place yesterday. For some reason, I feel better now. You know, Beach, we've been down this road before. Nineteen ninety eight. One feel, this this one feels more dire because feels like a bigger it's one gut thing punch. when you got a shit coach and a good conference, but now we have no coach and no conference. Yeah. I know. Remember yeah, 98. So it, it's more dire than we've ever had before. Well, just remember 98 after that double overtime win against the Ducks. A couple weeks later, you know, Riley was gone to the NFL. And mm-hmm. things were just like, man, we just started to get here. You know? Yeah. We were 5-6. and six. We were almost there. We beat a top 10 ranked Ducks team. And now this. And then a few weeks later, out of nowhere, the Beavs hired Dennis Erickson. Yeah. Yeah. And then. Well. The, it's, we, it's, we had our run with Dennis Erickson and then, you know, four years and all of a sudden he's gone to coach in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But then Michael, yeah. Michael, Wright, Mike Riley comes back. And then we think things are pretty good with him. I know some people didn't like towards the end, but you know, the last two times where the Beavs were playing for the Rose bowl, the last game of the season, we're under Mike Riley, 2008, 2009, the Beavs beat the ducks. Either of those years, they go to the Rose bowl. Didn't mm-hmm. happen. Almost happened in 2009. 2008, they went to that game, beat up as hell. 2009, they had Oregon dead to rights in Autzen. Didn't yeah, happen. I, I guess 
I guess I I I I understand that, but it's different when you are Oregon State versus if you're San Diego State. I know. And and I'm afraid with where we're looking, we're becoming a San Diego State. Well, and it might be fun to watch football, but we're never going to be a national contender. Well, we'll wait and see, Beach. Yeah. I never say never. It's just, so. we'll wait and see. It's bleak right now. Yeah. I told somebody else, this is the bleak as bleak can be. Mm-hmm. But I still have hope. What was hard for me is I'm a normally pretty damn optimistic person. You you are. I'm, and I yesterday I was pessimistic as hell. But guess what? Today? I don't know. Things just seem a little bit better. Yeah, it's that contact high from after being down in Eugene. Quite, quite possibly. Well, Beach, this week we do have the Pac-12 championship game from Vegas, Oregon versus Washington. Just for the hell of it, who would you put your money on? I'd put my money on Oregon. I, th- I think Oregon's going to beat the holy living shit out of Washington. I, that's where I would put my money, too. I'm going to root for Washington. We uh, should look at a sports book while we're down there in Vegas. Uh, we can do that. Yeah, maybe put some money on over-under or something like that. Yeah, I'd I put my money on Washington. I mean, i put my money on Oregon, but I want to see Washington win. And I'm not a fan <laughs> of Washington. Fuck those guys. No, I, I all of them are sons of bitches, but... Yeah. Like I said, I wish there was a third option. Too bad you can't pick a third team. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I I'm I I think Oregon's going to kill them. I'd like to see Washington go because I just don't want to see the Ducks go further. No, nope. I I really just don't want to see them get anywhere. I I I hate the idea that money can buy you championships. And if that's what this has come to in college football, well, then it's no longer sport. And and we were talking about that on the drive or sitting down there and our friend Tony was like, well, I, he goes, it doesn't bother him so much with the NIL and stuff because it's actually bringing things, you know, it's being spread around and it's equalizing things out. And I'm like, no, it's not. It's the exact same teams you'd expect at the top. Mm-hmm. Right. Before all yep. this crap happened, you go back to the eighties and nineties, other than Oregon. These are the teams you'd expect to be up there. Right. Mm-hmm. Who is it? Yep. Georgia, Alabama, Washington. You know, that's the exact same teams. There's mm-hmm. nobody different up there. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it, it's just going to get the rich. You know what? You know what helped bring parity? The the later end of the 90s when they limited how many scholarships every team could have. Everyone had Absolutely. the same amount. You Absolutely. Know, it's why We're it's why like- the NFL has a salary cap. I was going to say, it's it's funny because the NFL has a salary cap, but there is no cap on no. college football anymore. No, but you it's, know... It's the, it is the Wild West. Yeah, but you know, there is still some... Uh, there's still another pending, led, just pending legal action out there, which once the players, or just athletes in general, to be seen as employees of the university. And if that happens, that will change everything did you know about that no what happens then oh that will change everything there are sudden employees that will change everything we'll see what happens if you but because then the university is going to be paying them the money well yeah but 
all of a sudden now a lot of that money that's coming in, you're going to have to use it for salaries. And, yeah. and how are you going to do that? The player's going to unionize? That's how a much, cluster. How much, money, how, much, how much money that's coming in is going to be used to pay players? How much is going to go to overhead? How much is going to be used to pay coaches? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So, and and then if you are going to unionize, are you going to subsidize the, uh, are you going to subsidize the uh, teams that uh, the sports that don't make any money? Yep. To bring those players in. Yep. So this is, as of just the other day too. This is just as of the twenty first. So the NCAA has been sued in Colorado federal court for allegedly depriving student players of billions of dollars in compensation from televised broadcasts of college athletics. Former University of Colorado football player Alec Fontenot said in a prospective class action on Monday that the college sports governing body and a group of regional school conferences have unlawfully denied compensation to athletes that would otherwise receive a competitive, they would receive in a competitive market. This is dangerous. Oh, yeah. Does he know where he's taken this? I don't think they care, Beach. They just want money. Because... Honestly, with without the university, you have no value. Yeah, the university is providing you the 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 place to showcase your skills, and they gave you a scholarship to do that. That was their compensation to you. That was the agreed upon. If you want this, then scholarships are going to get thrown out the window, and you're going to be a hired employee. Yep. The lawsuit seeks to certify a class that includes full athletic scholarship athletes in football, men's basketball or women's basketball within certain conferences of the NCAA division one. So this is saying, so instead of paying for your school, here's your hundred thousand dollar education in cash. Mm-hmm. Is that enough compensation for your, for your talents on our, on our media rights? Mm-hmm. And this is going to put even a further squeeze on college sports athletics because they're already struggling with this whole dollar thing. Yeah. And like, and like I've been saying for a while, this whole, portal the nil stuff it is really straining my love of college athletics because it's it's in not only is it is it prostituting out but it's prostituting it worse out than the pros yeah so unreal i had no idea yep so anyways just more things to throw in the in the mix out there see what happens all right beach anything else to add Oh, I got nothing. Stoked to go down to Vegas. Got nothing else. Yep, should be fun. I want to thank everyone for listening to show number 213 of Illegal Participation. Thank you for listening to our rambling and and commiserating here with the crappy week in Oregon State football that it was. If you'd like to comment, send a suggestion, or ask a question, there's a few ways to get in touch with us. HeinerTailgator at gmail.com, at HeinerTailgator on X, HeinerTailgator on Facebook. Remember, listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Leave a rating and review. Beach. Billy. Looking forward to going down to Vegas. Yep. Need need a need a day off after this oh, rough. Uh, wait a minute. Rough couple days off. Hold on. Write something now. We got messages coming through. Yeah, from Kyle. What's he say? He said, "Oh dang, for forgot to write something." I said, "Write something now. We are literally recording." <laughs> Be funny. Don't suck. <laughs> Seriously, I am reading these texts on the podcast. 
<laughs> I should see if Kyle can. Hey, let me see. See if I can call him. I'll try calling him. Ooh, it's okay. connected. Can you hear him? Can no, you, I can't. Can you hear that? Kyle! Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Beach, can you hear Kyle? I cannot hear Kyle. Okay. Beach can't hear you, but I can hear you. Okay. okay. Oh, and I see you. <laughs> Isn't that a joy for you? Yeah. Well, here. I don't. Here. I'll turn my camera on. Hey! Hey! Oh, looky. You got the microphone, the yeah. big old black microphone in your face. Yeah. <laughs> When you when you record like this, you got to look like you're blowing a muppet. You, you, put, you, you put your mouth right down on the thing. You're blowing a muppet. Yeah, well, when I'm recording with my microphone and it's got this yeah. windscreen over it, I basically have my lips like right on it as I'm talking. So you're basically like blowing the muppet. Wow. So anyways, Is Beach in, sure, your, in sure, your ear sure, talking I'm at sure the same Kermit time? Kermit loves you for that. Yes, yeah. Beach said, I'm sure Kermit loves you for that. So yes, I can hear Beach. But he can't hear you. But hopefully this part's getting recorded. Okay. 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 Well, right. people uh, realize that Kyle isn't a figment of our imagination. Is actually, long... Oh, wait. Should I give my pick? Am I giving my pick right now? Stop. Both of you. <laughs> Kyle, go ahead. Am I supposed to give my pick right now? Well, who do you think's going to win? Well, I was going to say, so I'm basing on Panix is longer than Nick's. So <laughs> that means the score must be bigger. So the... Uh, I'll go with the dogs. Really? So, Beach, Kyle said Penix is longer than Nick's. So that means the dogs will score more, so he's taking the dogs. Beach and I both would put our money on Oregon. Yeah, it's mm. probably where the safe money is. Yeah. I just Oregon's playing really well. I, I'll be rooting for the dogs, don't get me wrong. And I have no love go- for the dogs. Are you going to be watching the well, game on and, a television? And Billy during the we- Civil War is like... I hope he gets hurt. Yeah. I, I hope he gets hurt. Beach said during the Civil War, I was like, I hope he gets hurt. I hope he gets hurt. I do. I was like, <laughs> want him to get hurt. Someone happened like, oh, I hope they hurt him something. I hope he blows his knee out. Um, <laughs> no, we will actually be in Vegas. I knew you were going to be in Vegas, but I didn't know if you were going to be – are you going to try to get take us to the game? No, no. Um, okay. I had no plans to watch the game. I don't know. Yeah. We've got plans to do some other stuff. If okay. Orange and Black was there. I was in Vegas this last weekend. Yeah. Go to the game. Yeah. So and we were out. We were out in the desert the whole time. Right. So. Yeah. So we've we had we got forty three dollar round trip flights. Yeah. Yeah. I knew so. you got right. You got tickets and also there at the tailgater that some other people had tickets. Yeah. There yeah. To go. Rich and Lily and Beach. And... Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So we're just going down. We're going to go out and do some stupid touristy stuff and just hang out in Vegas for a couple of days. Hit yeah, tiki, no, that's the best. That's when yeah. we go down, we go out in the desert and go look at mines and stuff like that. Fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're okay. we're gonna go hit a tiki bar. Ooh, not like a titty bar. A tiki not, bar. Not 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 a titty bar, Kyle. Tiki bar. Yeah, are you going to a tapas bar or a topless bar? Exactly. <laughs> I'd like to go to a topless tapas bar. Um, actually, we're going to one called the Golden Tiki. So it's supposed to be pretty fun. So we got some just stupid things planned, but it'll be fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's good. That's good. Anyways. Okay, well, I'll let you get back to only talking to one person. We're actually just about ready to uh, to finish the podcast, so I'll let you go. Okay. All right, later, Kyle. So long.
Episode 213? Correct. Episode 213. Sign off. All right, later. Anyways, so there we go. I don't know if, I don't know if that came through. I might be editing all that out, Beach. Okay. We'll well, it's, it's fun while it lasted. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Anyways, well, Beach, with all that, it's been a tough week. But you know what we can always say at the end? What? Go Beavs. just sitting here flipping around youtube find porn no youtube and it said that jack nicholson died but i think it's a bunch of crap are you googling it yep was it on tmz nope some piece of crap thing nope doesn't say he died yep he's just old how old is he? Uh, 86, it said. Oh, really? I'll edit all this out. Because you got to go to college sports on ESPN. And then go to... Hold on, i got to look here. Men's college soccer. Okay. Yeah, I was a lot more down yesterday, Beach. Yeah, well, uh, I I just I uh, I was I was so pissed at Vinny when he texted me on during the game. He's like, you know, good good luck, bro. And I'm like, fuck you. Yeah. You know, do you realize where we're at? And so then I I he didn't even respond yesterday. I texted him back, and I'm like, see what I meant? I said we just lost Smith. We're in this doom spiral now. Yeah. Because there's no way we can recover. I, and I said, jackasses sit there like, oh, I still like Oregon. Fuck you. Fuck you and the horse you rode in on. Yeah. I don't give a fuck if you think Oregon State's a good team. You fucked them. You fucked them in the ass. Yeah. And now there's no way for them to recover. And you guys act as if, well, you know, I still like, fuck you. Yeah. You you just fucking kicked them down the road. And we weren't a bad team in the conference. No. We were competitive on a variety of sports, well better than a couple of the other teams in the Pac-12. But because we don't have enough people who live in Corvallis or live in the Mid-Valley area, we didn't get picked up. Yeah. You know? I mean, honest to God, I mean, I think our sports teams are better than Cal's. Oh, yeah. You know? Our sports teams are, are better than, than Colorado's. You know, well, yeah. I think we're doing better than Utah for the most part. You know, well, Utah's done good in football the last few years, but yeah, no. Yeah, I, but, 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 but baseball? They don't have baseball. No. Women's basketball? Oh, no, they, they do have baseball. Colorado doesn't have baseball. 
Yeah, but you see what I'm saying though. I mean, we have we have several sports that we are contenders on. Yeah. You know? Yet no. nobody picked us up because we couldn't even though we would be competition, we didn't bring the dollars. We don't bring the value that they see. Yep. Yeah. It's just shitty. We're competitive, but no money. No, we don't bring any any money to the bottom line. So therefore we're gonna kick you to the curb. So now not only we're not gonna have any money but we're not going to be competitive anymore either. You, yeah. you put us in a spiral. So anyway, I don't know. I'm, I'm still depressed. I'm just irritated. And yeah, I, I guess though, I'll wear my beaver gear down in, uh, down in Vegas just to show people that, you know, yeah, I haven't decided yet. Yeah. I'm, I, it's just weird. You know, my whole wardrobe is based on this. <laughs> I know it's just tough. I, I sit here in my office that's painted beaver orange. Oh, I'm sitting here in a black sweatshirt that has a beaver logo on the yeah. on the left uh, left chest. Yeah. I see beaver so. helmets. I see, you know, autographed beaver footballs. I, you know, we'll see what happens. I I'm not as doom and gloom as you. I'm feeling mm-hmm. better today, but we'll see how it shakes out. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, I wonder if uh, Vegas is going to need jizz moppers as much as Austin did. I don't know, but it will be chilly while we're down there, so. It did did you appreciate the update from Eugene? Yeah, and I did love the uh, Randall reference. Thank you. I love that. <laughs> oh, I got it. <laughs> I wonder how many other people will get that, that reference. We'll wait and uh, see. Come streaks if you don't clean it off right away. <laughs> when you went there, I was just laughing my butt off. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I like beer. <laughs>